Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Gagan Press part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Andrew Headspeeth and I'll be taking you through all the Liverpool chat over the next half an hour or so. As always, I am joined by uh, the one and only Mr. Alex Purdy, my toppest of top reds. How are you, Purds? Very good. Liverpool are back and so are the pubs, which I went to last night. Um, didn't go as hard as Emma on the rum, just, you know, four, four beers and that was me yeah. sorted. Four beers. That's mm. a personal best, isn't it? Yeah, by four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pre-lockdown, you probably weren't allowed in pubs anyway. You were yeah, too young. Good. So. Nice. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as mentioned, we are also joined by Emma Sanders. I was going to say bringing the actual real journalistic integrity to this podcast, <laughs> but she did reveal that she almost choked to death on a biscuit just before coming on air. So I'm not entirely sure that's true. Yeah, a near-death experience, and it was a—it was actually one of those, you know, the Maryland cookies, double Ooh. chocolate. Got it on offer for Lovely. a pound pack of them for a pound the other day. Obviously, already in the pack, they, they were my last two. Maybe that's why, because it was like the last one, and I got a bit, bit too excited. And you know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there's a lesson, kids. Always eat slowly, carefully. I don't know if you can call those biscuits though. They're like they're, they're like cookies, aren't they? I don't know. Like, what's, yeah. What's the... Yeah, it's not really I mean, a breakfast choice either. I was going to buy like a rich tea or something like that. Oh, custard no, not cream. Rich tea. See, I <laughs> I wouldn't mind a custard cream, but a chocolate digestive wins all round. Yeah. I'm not really a breakfast person. Yeah. I just get straight to you know cookies. <laughs> yeah, me too. All in for that. Um, I was going to try and make some sort of link about Liverpool not being a breakfast team, but it makes absolutely no sense. So we'll just ignore <laughs> that and go straight into Liverpool being Aston Villa at the weekend. Uh, 2-1, never in doubt. Uh, three Premier League wins in a row. Basically as good as last season, right? We're back. We're back. Yeah, and I think that was like, wasn't that the first game at home in about eight games where we haven't lost, which was also amazing. Mm. Did you see, uh, I think it was with, I think it was with LFC TV, like the in-house productions, where they did an interview with Klopp on the pitch directly after the game. And he was obviously in really good spirits because they won. But he, he came out and he was like, Oh, it's been a while since I've talked to you guys on this pitch after a win. And then I think one of the production team was like, "Yeah, I think it was Tottenham on the before Christmas." And he was, and he just like lost it at that. I just started laughing about how ridiculous that was, oh. which was not, nice, just nice piece of content. But also, you know, fucking hell, that's a long time since they've won at Anfield. Yeah, but also, why is he laughing at us? I suppose yeah, he's, he's all laughing right with us. He's, he's, he's all, laughing if with we us. Drew that he's game, allowed to do it. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Purr's like massively backtracked then. He went from, I hate Klopp to, it's fine. I've never hated Klopp. I'm a top red. Oh, that's Take true. It no, it's like when you laugh about your, your family or your brother or something, but then, and it's fine, but then somebody else does it and it's not fine. You know, exactly it's kind of like that. Kind I'll of give him a pass. Thanks. Um, Purr's, <laughs> talk us through your thoughts on the Aston Villa game then. Not as easy as I might have just made out. 
Uh, what were your takeaways from it? No, it was uh, it was quite painful throughout the whole experience. Um, look, it, you said was it as good as last season? Absolutely not. Um, but we are starting to to um, get better, and it's probably the best run we've been on uh, this year, which isn't saying much at all. Um, it's the only run we've been on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leipzig a bit here and there. Yeah. No. Okay. But, yeah. Um, we're starting to attack with intent again, but it's one of those things where it was one all, and I thought, oh my God, I will just take a draw right now. Just give me a draw, because it was like inevitable they were going to nick one. Um, but we did. So we're starting to build that mentality monsters mindset again, which is just great. And the most important thing is we've done it just before Real Madrid um, at home. Winning at Anfield again just before that will boost our confidence massively, I think. So come on, number seven. Mm. All right, we'll get to that. It's a small, Emma's a small mentality monster at the moment. I'm not sure. It's like at the start of Stranger Things when it's just that little monster before it grows into the really <laughs> big monster. But um, yeah, get in there. I mean, were you convinced by the performance as Perd said, Villa kept coming towards the end as well and that worried me. Like they were, I mean, they, we know they're a good team. I mean, famously, they beat us 7-2 earlier in the season. Uh, but was there anything about that performance that really convinced you from Liverpool? I think Liverpool are creating more now. Um, I think like a, a few months ago, there was this kind of general sense that Liverpool were just kind of moving the ball around and weren't really creating any opportunities, whereas now they are yeah. creating chances. And I, I think inevitably because of that, there is perhaps more and more gaps in the defence because we went through a period where it was like we literally had anyone and everything playing at the back. So it was like, do not concede a goal. That was like the main priority. Whereas now that we've kind of got that a little bit like solidified, we're sort of like thinking more about creating goals. So I think that's something that I took away from it was that we did look more likely to score a goal. But as Perd said, as the game went on and that frustration wore in and that kind of impatience, there, there, there was still always a feeling that we could concede. And I think that's, what is kind of worrying. I know we'll get onto it, but that is worrying going into the Real Madrid mm. game. Indeed. Uh, man of the hour, though, Trent Alexander-Arnold stepped up amid all the talk and criticism of his performance uh, recently. That goal, though, was absolutely superb, wasn't it, Perds? It was. Um, I'm gonna let did you see else... the... I was going to say, did you see the angle they posted on, <laughs> yeah. on Twitter where Everyone you just see him like looking through as yeah, a sea of bodies like all blocking the goal. So incredible yeah. vision to hit Look, that. It, it was a great goal, but let's be honest, if he didn't score that, he's getting caned because I thought he played terribly. Um, he was one of the worst on the pitch, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, I thought he was okay going forward. He did some nice, I think, like... Much some, better in the second attacking half stuff. forward. Yeah, but, but it's always just he, that... He's losing the ball. It wasn't even defensively it's just on the ball he kept losing it or just doing the wrong decision I felt um but look if people want to take the headline that he scored the winner and think he's England's next best thing then go for it yes uh, that's yeah. what we do want <laughs> which I think he is it's just that that game it, he was shocking unfortunately but he won us it so he gets a pass as well He's still getting a little bit of trouble defensively as well. There was a moment, I can't remember, was it Trezeguet who went off injured afterwards, but he was very fortunate. I don't think it was a penalty. I'm not saying it was a penalty, yeah. but he leaned into him and it was very close to being an incident there. You know what I'm talking about, Emma? Yeah, I mean, I actually thought it probably was a penalty, but only because I think if you're... 
I think because I'm quite like attack minded. If you're if you were Trezeguet, you'd be like you'd feel hard done by by not getting that. It it, it was a fifty fifty. It's one of those where I think if you're if you're yeah. the attacker, you want it. If you're the defender, you you'd be frustrated to to get it given. So. Um, yeah, he, he was a bit ropey. I think it's probably the best way to describe his performance. But then, like, I, I watched match the day afterwards, and I, I had the exact same opinion as you, Perds, but then I think it was Ian Wright picking out a lot of the attacking stuff that he did really well, which maybe went a little bit more unnoticed, apart from, obviously, the goal at the end, which was so important. But, I, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of hoping this is, a, this is a bit of a turning point for him. But, you know... Well, I hope so. It's not, it's not for the want of trying, because... Um... I watched it without the crowd noise on and he he literally just passed it off the pitch for a throw-in for no reason. Just completely messed it up. But he like screamed like really loud, like ah! as if he's like really angry with himself. Um, so he still cares, but he looks like too nonchalant. You know, he's just sort of strolling around and just, yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good enough. I'm one of the best. So I'll just pass it there. And then it's just shit. So he basically, I think he just needs to focus a bit more and he's young. So a pass. I'll give him a pass. Uh, Perds, what about this? What about we just play him up front instead? And then he doesn't have to worry about any of the defending stuff and he can just focus on pinging balls forward and shooting from the edge of the area. Yeah. A bit of a five. Gareth Bale kind of... <laughs> yeah, Gareth Bale style transformation, full back to, you know, auxiliary striker. Um, you having that? Probably not because we've got no other right backs. Um, so for now, let's keep him there. All right. Uh, seriously though, Emma, I mean, you're, you know about these things. Do you ever see him moving forward into either like a midfield role or like a wing role or anything like that, where maybe we aren't having to talk about his defensive side so much and he could just be another attacking option for Liverpool or any team or England? Yeah, I mean, growing up, he was a centre mid, wasn't he? And then, you know, he sort of got moved to right back, I think, when he was kind of in the under 18s going into the under 21s. And then that's kind of the role he's adopted. But um, for me personally, I don't, I don't think so. I think we still forget how young he is, and like for yeah. a fullback, um, he's kind of changed the role of that position going forward. So I think he's he's obviously got work to do, but I think if you give him sort of two, three years time, then I genuinely think he, he can be consistently the best right back in the world. I mean, he he hit he hit that peak last season, so we know that he can do it. Um, it's just about sort of gaining that consistency, but. Like I say, he's obviously got the versatility to move move into other positions, but I think it would be wasted because his his like sort of ball playing delivery from wide positions is so valuable that I think if you move him into midfield, yes, you'll get his passing range, but I don't think you'll get the kind of you know the crossing opportunities that he provides out wide, um, and the way that he can sort of whip the ball in, especially early and like from, yeah. in, from like deep positions, you'd lose that kind of angle on on his delivery. So. I'd keep him out wide. Um, but like I say, he's so young. I think it's just about developing him. And Liverpool have got the players, when everyone's back fit, you know, the likes of Van Dijk and Gomez, that can sort of help him with that defensive side of things. And he's probably used to having that cover as well. And I think people forget that. Like, everyone talks about, you know, the space in behind and the fact that his positioning probably isn't quite spot on. But he's never really played with a back four um, consistently anyway, in terms of in the first team. That... Hmm doesn't have a leader in there that essentially controls the organisation of everyone. So he's used to Van Dyke kind of telling him where he needs to be. So I think yeah. this season for him will be such a learning curve. And then when Van Dyke and Gomez does come back and they can provide that cover in that organisation, he can sort of be left to do what he does best, which is 
drive into those spaces and obviously put those balls in from wide positions. Definitely. Yeah, I 100% agree with all of that. I think, as you said, it will be so important to see when uh, when Van Dijk obviously comes back, but also Gomez and if Matip continues to play a role next season as well. It, yeah, you forget sometimes that he is only, what, he's 22 now? Yeah, 21, uh, 22, yeah. yeah, exactly, and how much football he's already played. But yeah, I think... He's basically like Perd's age, which is just crazy. Slightly <laughs> Oh my God, it's depressing. Is it? Well, you've got... So you've got like a year to catch up. Yeah. And then I'll yeah. so get right back and he can go up top. Yeah. You've got to make up <laughs> two Champions League finals and a Premier League title in the next year, Perd. So uh, good luck with that. Cheers. Uh, Leeds up next, then for Liverpool in the Premier League. Uh, we'll just talk about that quickly before we move on to the, the Champions League. They beat Man City uh, at the weekend, which was funny, but also slightly <laughs> worrying for Liverpool's from Liverpool's point of view. They obviously play very high intensity football, even with with ten men, and they make the most of their chances. Liverpool need to sort of win almost every game now to have a chance of top four. Uh, Perds, are you looking at that game as a as a particularly difficult one? I mean, remember the first game of the season; it was the opener. Liverpool beat Leeds four four three, right in yeah, the end. So the hat trick. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it will be basically quite a different game to the Man City one, which was hilarious. You're right. Um, because they went down to 10 men and they would literally just park the bus and counter-attacked. And Man City loved to just flood the box for like 90 minutes. Um, so it'd be a lot more like cagey, I'd say. Um, but we, we have to go into every game now thinking it's a cup final. And it almost looks like we are. Um, and we haven't touched on this yet, and I'm going to. But we actually did equalise just before half-time. So we actually comfortably won that game 3-1 against, against Villa at the weekend, if you think about it. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. I've yeah. just stopped caring and talking about VAR anymore because no, it's, it, it's fair enough. so because, tedious. <laughs> because in the first half, the goal was coming for us, right? I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got it fairly. Um, and just before half-time as well, like, what a great time to score. Um, so to pick ourselves up from that and actually win that game is huge. Um, so we're treating it like a cup final. And I think every game from now on, including Real Madrid, will do that. So confident against Leeds. Okay, seven games then to go, Leeds being the first of that. Afterwards, it's uh, Newcastle, Man United, Southampton, West Brom, Burnley and Palace to finish the season. I mean, with Liverpool's form, everything or nothing is set in stone. But Emma, what are you looking at from those games as being like the most difficult ones in the remaining in the remaining games now before the end of the season? I mean, I, I'm always worried about playing Man United. It's just one of those games where... They're just, oh, they're just annoying. Um, yes. So yeah, Man United. Um, I think the Newcastle Palace games will be okay because I think Newcastle will probably be safe enough now. Although West Brom's form might give them a little bit of concern, but I think oh they'll God. be safe enough. So I think like they're kind of a little bit of nothing games. And um, Southampton as well, a, a terrible form as well, and got nothing really to play for. Yeah, and they're obviously concentrating on the FA Cup, aren't they? So. Um, mm. Yeah, depending on how their sort of semi-final goes. So I think those those games could be a bit of a nothing game for them and therefore Liverpool probably got more to fight for. Um, but yeah, I, I think the obvious one is obviously the Man United game. Yeah, so basically everything is easy except for Man United. But I mean, yeah. probably good news is that it's away. I mean, maybe we don't want that game at Anfield right now. Perds, would you, be, would you prefer to play United at Old Trafford? 
to Anfield at this stage of the season with the form both teams are in? Actually, yes, because Man United away are like incredible, aren't they? And their home form's yeah. taken a, or it has all season been quite poor. Um, those games, we, we've we lost to Southampton and Burnley already. So they scare me. <laughs> yep. I mean, we've lost mm-hmm. to everyone, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> we, drew with, we drew with West Brom. Yeah. And Man United. It's Man United. like, you say it's wow. an easy running, and it New looks customers. like it on paper. It's not, though. It doesn't look like it. I mean, like if it. we had that, if we had that last season, and we needed to win whatever four, five, six out of seven there to clinch the title, you Easy. would be very confident. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, and I guess it's it's sort of out of Liverpool's hands a bit now, where results of uh, Chelsea and fairly still unbelievably West Ham are going to determine what happens. But well, I think I've said this for a few weeks now, but Leicester keep coming down. So I think that's the hope. I think we can ignore Chelsea as they're in. Um, so I think we're looking at Leicester actually. To potentially yeah, I think I think we've probably got more. I think like we probably need to look at the sort of the Leicesters and Chelseas above us sort of dropping points rather than I think West Ham is like I think West Ham will fall off. That's no disrespect to the job they've done. I think they've been we amazing, keep saying but... that every week though, and it's just not well, happening. I still, I just still don't think they'll have enough. But I mean, Everton have obviously got games in hand, but they had that draw yesterday, and I think they're running. I'm pretty sure they play like West Ham, Leicester, maybe Tottenham. Mm. So they haven't won in four games now. So yeah, Everton have got a tough running. So I don't think like I know what you're saying about West Ham, but my point being is that I wouldn't worry. I I don't think I'm sort of looking at the teams below us and thinking they'll overtake. I'm more looking at the teams above us and thinking we need them to drop points rather than us sort of looking over our shoulder. Because um, yeah, okay. I just don't think I don't think Everton and Tottenham will will have enough to sort of catch up really. So what you're saying, what I'm hearing is top four is on. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. That's what we want to hear. Nice and confident. Uh, we'll take a short break there and then when we come back, we'll be talking about the second leg of the Champions League quarterfinal against Real Madrid. Okay, we're back. It is Real Madrid at Anfield's famous European night, except, you know, without fans, so probably a bit of a damp squib. Uh, we may have been a touch overconfident about this one last week. I think all of our predictions were like 2-0 or something to that effect, um, which, you know, score differential-wise would have been correct, but just the wrong way around. Uh, we don't think we ha- don't think we actually had a chance to talk about that game, so Perds, I'll let you go first if you want to reminisce about what was a truly horrible night of European football for Liverpool. I mean, there's no may we have been overconfident. We were just overconfident. Um, <laughs> After smashing a terrible Arsenal side. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the best teams in Europe is still one of the best teams in Europe. Shock. Um, we, mm. Tony Cruz is still world class. Who yeah, knew? who thought? But it was so disappointing from us. I'm looking more at us as to we just let them walk right through that game. It was like so many easy mistakes and... The last one from a throw-in, it's like so easy. Like everyone just fell asleep against Real Madrid. What are you doing? Um, I st- I still think we can match them, but now with two goals down, it, it's it's going to be tough. I really want to play it again. Basically, if we had both legs again, I'd I'd still be as confident as I was before. Ooh. We have got the away goal though. I mean, Emma, that must be giving you some little Barcelona vibes. 
Ramos is out, Hazard's still out, you know, it's at Anfield, let's pretend that's still a positive thing. <laughs> yeah, they've got Vasquez out as, as well now, haven't they? They've picked up a few more injuries, but I think, yeah, I, I think I said on the pod last week, and this is probably the only prediction that I made, which was which I think was kind of true, was that I, I said that the game would probably be won and lost in that midfield area, and I think that, that Yeah, you did. I, I remember that, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like that that midfield. I mean, they might be aging, but Kroos, Casemiro, and Modric is still like one of the best midfield trios of all time, of all time in European football. So it's no yeah. sort of, yeah, it's no embarrassing thing to get undone by that. But yeah, I think Liverpool played poorly and didn't set up correctly to to try and counter the threats that Real Madrid were posing. And like that that ball over the top for for. Uh, Vinicius was just too easy, and I thought the centre backs for the first time in a few games uh, just didn't didn't look up to the challenge at all. They looked yeah. like you know, recently against you know some of the Premier League games we played played a bit better. You you look at Kabak and you look at Phillips, and you think you know what they are like they are good enough for this level. But against Real Madrid, it was it was very clear that there's a there's more levels to go. <laughs> yeah, and we were just giving them space on the ball as well. I think that was like the main thing that I was disappointed in was that everyone knew that like the midfield with the way that Fabinho had played going into that game against Arsenal where he was like basically the best player that I've ever seen in my whole entire life and then yeah. it's like nobody closed down the likes of like Cruz and Modric and we know yes they are in Casemiro we know that they're still like world-class players but they're not like they've not got the engine of like Fabinho and Wijnaldum in midfield and I think that was what was frustrating was that apart from maybe Modric but it was just frustrating mm. because it was like just close them down and put them under pressure and it was like you were basically inviting these world-class midfielders to play these balls over the top and yeah I mean it, obviously Vinicius Jr. did turn up on the day as well which doesn't help because he's he's one of those players isn't he where he's like he's got the ability to be amazing and also completely invisible and um, yeah, yeah so we streaky. could do with yeah we could do with him being you know ghost Vinicius this week <laughs> rather than messy Vinicius but <laughs> Um, would fans make a difference here is what I've written down to myself in the running order I'm not sure that well I don't know would they like we, well we I could probably so. say this about Liverpool's entire season couldn't we uh, yeah. Emma you think so Perds what are your thoughts yeah 100% this this is why I'm, I'm not that confident going into the second leg and it's purely because of the fans because we we've seen it time and time again and, you know, this is easier than the Barcelona one. There's only two goals. Um, but even even last season, when we went out to Atletico... Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> even last season, when we went out to Atletico Madrid, that was one of the best games we played all season. I still remember it. Um, and that it was wasn't until largely... Yeah, and down to one player who shall not be named. Um, and anyway, that, that performance was largely down to the fans gearing us up and I don't know if you heard before the first leg last week but Klopp said pre-match yeah it's weird being in this training ground we're trying to we're trying to g ourselves up in the in the changing room now and I was like oh it doesn't feel like Champions League does it even to even to the squad mm. like if you're trying to create an atmosphere in a in a changing room rather than fans doing it for you or whatever it, it's just tough so yeah fans would definitely definitely make a difference uh, yeah, hard hard to disagree with that. Do you think that they can still sort of generate that spirit of of two years ago, Emma, and all those previous you know 
classic Liverpool European nights under Klopp and before to get something out of this game? Or do you just think that the energy is going to be completely sucked out of this and recent form is going to come into play and everything else? Because like, we've seen when Liverpool do play like that against Barcelona and against, you know, Dortmund and Bayern, all these other games that have been so good at Anfield in recent years, where it's just become so frantic and form has gone out the window and Liverpool just take control. Um, like, does any part of you see that happening tomorrow night? I know, I know it's cliche, but I think the first goal is absolutely massive. If if Liverpool can like g themselves up and get that intensity going for even just the first ten minutes and get a goal like really early on, then I think like the sort of the like the kind of the adrenaline they'll get off that and think like oh my god like I think they'll pump themselves up. I think if it goes sort of 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes and they haven't scored and they sort of <clears throat> settle down into that kind of routine passing, I think that's when it gets a bit dangerous and it could be a bit flat. So I think I think the players have to, they have to find it from somewhere, but they just need to do themselves up. I just think for that sort of opening 10 minutes, just to kind of set the tone. And then if they can get that early goal, then I think that'll be massive. But yeah, I think I'd I'd be worried if I was watching it and it went sort of half an hour and we hadn't scored. Then I'd be thinking, this, yeah, this, that's why I'm. Yeah, that's why I'm worried because there isn't there isn't the crowd to give it that extra push, and yeah. I think that would be what Real Madrid will want that they can just settle into it, pass it around, keep things tight, and then once it gets to half time and if Liverpool haven't got a goal, then it becomes a lot a lot. It becomes a very different game. The other thing that worries me is, is obviously Real Madrid's form. Uh, they won the Clasico at the weekend. Um, I mean, it wasn't that comfortable and it was a horrible, you know, rainy afternoon, evening game, but they got the win there and they haven't lost uh, in the league since the end of January. And pretty much every big game they've come up against this season, when they've sort of needed a win, they've got it. Um, so that's kind of depressing. <laughs> uh, but I mean, we'll see. It's still just two goals, though, isn't it, Perds? It's just two goals. It's we've seen, we've seen this movie before. Yeah, I think we'll be able to tell if we win this game within the first five minutes, to be honest. Like, if we if we literally come out sprinting and pressing, you know we're in for a very good shout and that we've, we've created an atmosphere. If we're going to start pissing about at the back and playing it calm and biding our time, they're going to pick us off and we've lost it. So... Sit down for the first five minutes, see what happens, and then you might as well switch it off. Yeah, good, <laughs> optimistic. Um, it's going to be so painful because we've don't all turn it off. Well, we were the dreaming of getting seven tattooed on our arm or whatever. We all were. We you get matching. You already ones. did that, didn't you? Yeah, it's a massive one on my back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it could be like those guys in the stadium where you have like one letter tattooed on your stomach and then it all makes a word and you make like seven <laughs> together. I mean, I will um, point out that I am I am female, so it would be a bit inappropriate for me to sort of have myself up in the stadium. But... <sighs> it's 2021, Emma. Equal opportunities. Come on. Gender is a construct. Um, big question, getting back to the game. Divock Origi, does he start? God, no. <laughs> oh, Sorry, no. No. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Not even on the bench. Uh, fine, Emma. Give me your lineup then for for this one. Oh, okay. Uh, Allison, Trent, uh, Phillips, Kabak, Robertson, Fabinho, Thiago, Wijnaldum. Uh, 
Mane Jota Salah. I was considering maybe Jota over Mane and putting Firmino in the middle. I'd be happy with any any yeah. of the front three, well, front four playing in the front three, to be honest with you, because I think you're inev- you're inevitably probably going to change that at some point. So, um, yeah, because mm-hmm. you, you could maybe drop Jota into midfield later on in the game if we still need a goal and bring on all all four. So, yeah, I'd be happy with whatever really. Yeah, you want your best team, but Mane is the only question mark for me. He just doesn't really look like he's on it, and I know you feel the same way, Perds. Would you would you start Sadio Mane for this one? Uh, absolutely not. Emma's team was completely correct, apart from Mane, and it definitely is Firmino and Jota for me. Um, and Arig- Arigi. And, yeah, <laughs> and Arigi is a 12th man. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I think Mane came on, and, and again... Everything he was good at, he is now no longer good at. So he just looks frustrated feel... to me. And I understand that because it's been a horrible, horrible season. And I can imagine oh, all yeah. that building up and he's not getting the goals. He's not getting the service. He's trying to do a lot too much. He's trying, yeah, he's trying too hard. That's it. Um, and we can't we can't have that. So unfortunately, he doesn't deserve to start. And the only other th- certainty is Cater cannot start. Because unfortunately, <laughs> last week was a disaster. I actually I was watching that and um, Scott, who works with United Min and is a Man United fan, just text like shortly before halftime, just like cater off all in capital letters and then followed by ha ha ha. And I was sure that he'd been sent off and I was just like, oh my God, I was oh, ready yeah. to do a purdy and just and just turn oh, it off. Right. But then when he got he got subbed and I was just like, oh, thank God for that. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a stellar performance from him. Uh, let's get predictions then just before we call it a day we said 2-0 last week that would do this week so are we going to stick with that Purdy I'll go to you first uh, <laughs> go on uh, I don't want to say it but imagine if it happens and we can put that clip on social media okay ready words. ready ready 3-1 and we win on pens oh my god uh, I don't know if I could take that it sounds right. like too yeah. much <laughs> Fun, you know, you know those cookies that I choked on earlier. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to think yeah. of Emma and her digestive system. It's just yeah. yeah thank you, thanks, Andy. Uh, em, then what are you saying? Oh, I mean, um, should I, should I give bold, like an honest one? Go bold. <laughs> uh, let's do an let's do an honest one, and then let's do a ridiculously positive one, and then we could just okay. cut it. Whatever happens, <laughs> yeah. that was your original one. Yeah. Okay, so my honest one is 1-0 Real Madrid because I think they'll just sort of nick a goal in like the 70th minute and then sit back. Um, my overly positive one is... Wait, would we win if it was 4-2? Yeah, 4-2. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares, 4-2? <laughs> would we? Uh No, because they no, got two away goals. It'd be, five, it'd be five all and they'd have, they'd have two away goals. Oh. Four one. <laughs> Four one. Yeah, easy. Yeah, fine. Yeah, all day long. A really uh, hat trick. <laughs> yes, perfect. I'm in. I'm gonna say, ah, oh God, I'm gonna bring it down a bit and say two one to Liverpool, but we'll still go out. You just made me go like ridiculously <laughs> crazy, and then you bring it down to. <laughs> That's your Not role up. on the show. You bring the positivity, <laughs> and then I bring okay. the realism. Uh, yeah, I just I, I just can't see it. I'd love to. And I think as as we kind of touched on, if there were fans there and maybe if circumstances were a bit different, it might go a different way. I don't think Real Madrid are unbeatable, yeah. but I can see them just grinding this out in the in the way that they need to. Maybe Perth hey, needs to 
maybe Purds needs to order one of those planes that flies past and it's like <laughs> Purds number seven on it, just so that the team know yeah, that, that if they good. win, Purds will get a tattoo. Yeah. That's the equivalent to a full Anfield crowd. Yeah. You're, you're just the sort of person that would get one of those plane banners as well, Purds, I can imagine. <laughs> just putting all your like uni tuition fees into that instead or something. Yeah, don't know why you think I'd do that, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I give off that impression, but okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, just a vibe, just a yeah, vibe I'm getting. Cool. It's a cool vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun vibe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, all right. Let's leave it there. No, you know what? I'm changing it. 2 0 Liverpool. It's happening. It's on. Ah, come on. Come on. <laughs> yes. On. And then we can put this clip on social and everyone can tell us that we're deluded again, like happened last week. Mm. Um, yeah, all those Real Madrid fans that. For some reason, a first language is English, but yeah, fine. <laughs> if they want to do that, that's fine. <laughs> Each to their own. Anyway, that's all we've got time for uh, this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you can, you know, drop us a review, subscribe, all that other stuff. Uh, send us a message as well. We might read it out on the podcast next week if you've got any questions for me, Perds, or Emma. We'll be back again with you next week to talk about the race uh, for the top four and hopefully Liverpool's miraculous progression to the Champions League semi-finals. Keep those fingers crossed and we'll be back again with you on Monday. Purdy, say goodbye. And if any sort of message of positivity to end the show. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, number yeah, seven do. is coming and we'll see you next time. Brilliant. Massive dub. All right. Um, <laughs> Emma. Dub. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Uh, I'm just going to end with uh, hashtag Purds7. Yes, hashtag get it trending. Seven. Get it trending. See you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.